You find out what the story looks like before they found your product and your brand and what it looks like after they found your product and your brand. And then you review this customer avatar canvas all the time because everything needs to be consistent to speak to this one person that's your perfect person, your ideal customer. And if you don't have that, if you're not reviewing it, then you're making your marketing all about you. Welcome to Marketing with Matt. If you're an entrepreneur or business owner looking to create more margin in your life and business, you're in the right place. For more after the show, be sure to check out ProfitMoreWorkLess.com. Welcome back, everybody. I'm super excited. We're having a conversation here. I'm with Mark DeGrasse. And if you don't know who he is, he's the president of Digital Marketer. If you don't know what Digital Marketer is, you should just Google that. (laughs) Huge resource with tons of training certifications, just a robust library of information and kind of been leading the market here. Is it a decade old? More than a decade, maybe. More. It was actually the the whole concept came in like 2009 with the Traffic and Conversion Summit. And then they developed the company, I think, in 2012. So it's been around a while. It's been around a while. They do a summit every year down in San Diego, which I've been a fan of. And it's just no, a, it's it's a fun like this year. Sorry. It's going to be Vegas. Oh, it's shifting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I remember it was one of the first after uh, kind of COVID. It was one of the first. It felt like seeing all these people I hadn't seen for like a year and a half. They, they did it down in, in uh, San Diego there. But anywho, Mark's been president for the last two years and has a robust background of all sorts of marketing initiatives, inbound marketing. And we were just kind of talking about some AI cool stuff and uh, um, things that they're leading the charge with in terms of content and understanding props and so all of that. Um, I, I'd be curious, I gave you a little bit of background. For anybody who isn't familiar with you or your work um, or other companies you've been part of, maybe just give us like the two-minute intro to um, where you're coming from. Yeah, so I've been doing uh, entrepreneurship and marketing for about 20 years now. Uh, started out in... Uh, tech out of college. I worked for a startup that kind of focused on educational uh, communication between teachers and parents. Revolutionary at the time. This was early 2000s. Went from that, got into e-commerce and content generation with a fitness magazine and importing kettlebells, which at the time were super new. Had a gym, had a magazine, and then used the magazine as a content platform to recruit writers. And then, uh, you know, promote them. I, I kind of found that there were so many professionals that had so much information and so little ability to get it out. And so I provided a platform for them to get it out. I uh, grew that company, ended up selling it to a company called Onnit here in Austin, Texas. Uh, moved out to Texas, uh, acted, I was the chief fitness officer, but really I was the, the content executive and uh, built the Onnit Academy, built their certification system, built their uh, content system. Then I wrote a book called Unconventional Marketing about the process of building a company completely organically and selling it. Then I tried to help uh, about 300 companies execute that process uh, for about five, six years, uh, did some fractional CMO work, had a chip and dip company for a short time. Then I can get into that and then uh, became president digital marketer now. So I've been here for a little over two years and it's been great. A perfectly linear path. If anyone wants to be president someday <laughs> is like if they want to speed up it, they just got to like really crunch into the chip and dip aspect of it or is it stay away from that? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it was such an opportunity. Now that was a that was a learning lesson. Uh, not that the, the chips and dip were amazing, but anyways, I love food. I have a donut blog too. It's called youdonno.com. Let's get into this because before we hit record here, you were hinting some hypothesis, some presumption, or just speculation. Inbound marketing, AI. 
how these are kind of playing together, and then the donut block. Can you kind of talk us through? You were saying you have like a framework that maybe applies. Oh no, no, it was actually it was just a realization because I I love donuts. I always loved donuts. I grew up in uh, Orange County, California. And wherever I went, I couldn't find better donuts than I found in my hometown or around Southern California. I was like, what the heck? Why doesn't anybody know how to make donuts? And then I found out that the donuts I like were actually made by uh, Cambodian refugees. If you guys have seen the, uh, the Donut King, uh, I didn't realize that that existed. I just assumed all donuts were made the same. It turns out that I just like these specific types of donuts and nobody else makes them like this. And what the theory was, you know, we were kind of talking about, you know, how people are going to start preferring human made, uh, you know, items like human made food and, and all this kind of stuff. And I think it's because of the care that goes into it. Like there's a, a process of creation that humans have and you can't replicate it with AI. Even if you're really good at AI, people can notice the difference for the most part. And I do have some tricks to get around that aspect, but the whole concept is that you know, uh, not just the, the content creation, but all product creation. I think that, that we have some connection to that process that can't be duplicated by machines. And, you know, it's just a theory. I'm still working it out. Uh, but no, that's I, where that the donuts came in. Cause I'm like, I'd still take, you know, the donuts from my hometown before I take the Krispy Kremes or I'm not even going to say Dunkin' Donuts because their donuts are trash, but, uh, you know, the bigger name donut places and you just can't, you can't beat it. So I think there's something to that. Yeah, there is. I, and like you said, we haven't seen it fully fleshed out, but it's, you know, we're speculating here as, as futures unfolding, um, in the world of inbound, so many businesses struggle with this. So many entrepreneurs struggle with this and AI has been a really interesting tool that can help with content generation, right? Just to overcome the writer's block, the difficulty of like a blank page. What are some things that you're seeing right now um, and maybe some ways that you're implementing it or you'd advise someone to implement it if they're like, hey, I would love to, I love this idea. You know, you grew and built your own magazine, you know, uh, in an unorthodox way or in an organic way. Talk to us through best practices now when it comes to content, maybe leveraging AI. Well, actually, the AI concept, I think, could be huge for inbound. And not just because you could generate tons of content, because if you use AI as a hammer and you're just like, oh, I'll just put whatever and generate an article and I'll put whatever and generate a landing page and put whatever and generate an email, it just, it feels generic. There's nothing to it. There's no stylization. So I'm coming up with a concept called uh, generative brand stylization, where it's basically... How do you establish your brand voice and apply it to all content? Because what I started to realize was, you know, we always used to hear these stories 10, 15 years ago about the, the guy in his basement and he was unemployed and he lived with his parents and he was a total loser. And then he made this company and it just blew up and everybody loved it and he was so successful. And I, I thought about that process of what that guy went through. And I came to the conclusion that the reason why he was successful was because he did everything himself. And what that did was generate a very consistent brand. Now, because everything that was done was him. And so what I realized was that that's what all brands are trying to achieve is this cohesive, uh, you know, appearance and all the visuals and all the writing and everything has the same voice. Is that voice good? It doesn't have to be. A lot of the brands you see are crap. And it doesn't matter because it's consistent and it speaks to a specific person. And when that specific person finds the content and realizes there's a whole world of content, it's all very similar to the first thing they ever saw, that's branding. And that's how you get somebody to really invest in your brand to become part of your community and really love everything you create. And you still have these. I mean, really, you know, if you look at uh, 
you know, ClickFunnels. ClickFunnels is, a, is kind of an example of that, of a, of a guy that, you know, the products, and I'm not, I'm not dogging anything that, that ClickFunnels does, but, you know, it's, some of them aren't attractive, <laughs> you know, and some of them are kind of all over the place. And you're kind of like, man, how this, why is it huge? Why does everybody use it? And I think it's because of this brand consistency. Now, it's really hard to achieve because number one, not everybody's a content creator, especially not every founder is a content creator, not investors aren't content creators. And so there's this uh, kind of disconnection between the people making the content and the people that actually have to run the companies that are responsible for the content. But now we have AI. And so what we are starting to practice is generating prompts using a specific brand voice that can be consistent and applied to processes that can then make the entire company's approach consistent in regards to their brand voice, their visualizations, their, you know, basically any writing you can create. And it could all be very cohesive. And frankly, it could be done by one person. And so now you're getting back to garage guy you know, working his butt off, creating everything himself. But now you could do it very professionally and you could do it very quickly. And if you do it right, you could do it extremely consistently and successfully. Yeah, this is intriguing because it's like hyper delegation, right? So we've got a you know team of creatives and you go through the process. You hire on a new copywriter. They got to learn the brand voice. They got to like go through some um, exercises of literally trying to write, you know, different sales letters or emails or landing pages and learning the nuance of that brand voice and the, like prompt engineering, just the, the process of creating prompts to, to get a, a predictable output is a forced exercise where with the technology, the feedback loop is a little bit faster. When it's human delegation, it's like that trend of, you know, uh, the instructions to make the peanut butter jelly sandwich where you have to like send out the instructions and then find out how horribly or how like wildly different the end product was than what you imagine it would be with with technology you know with AI now you can, you can see it pretty quickly you know you you take the prompt put it out there and see what the res- the result is and the return is I would love to unpack this a little bit more the the idea of this consistency because I I don't think I've gone deep on this but it what called to mind was Wendy's I don't know if you've seen Wendy's social media their brand voice is um super snarky. It's, it's like, it's like just sarcastic and snarky and you look at it. And if you don't know, you go to like their Facebook page and you think it's like an accident, like someone's taking it over and you're like, what in the world is going on here? This is not what I would expect of a, you know, a corporation. Um, but the value is in the consistency because the people who it attracts and resonates with, they know what to expect. And some of like, you know, our favorite characters, can be different kinds of characters, but there's value inside of the consistency, be it, you know, for movies or television or uh, the, the wide array of kind of things there. Are there, are there kind of practices or principles or frameworks that you use when you think through that consistency? Yes. And, and, you know, you have to start with the customer. And I think what, what's happened over the last 10, 15 years is that uh, marketing really got kind of siloed where you had individual practitioners pushing social media or pushing email or pushing SEO or pushing paid media. And it's, it led to a big, uh, disparity between the messaging on all platforms. You hired a social media firm. They talk like this. You hired the paid media firm. They did this and no connection between any of it. No strategy behind any of it. And the reason's pretty simple because if you figured out the paid ad part, all the other crap didn't matter. There's always new customers, right? And you could always just 
put more money in the funnel and it'll spit out more money and that's fine. Problem is that that system is breaking. And the reason why it's breaking is due to AI and automations and the, the fact that you could actually start up paid ad campaigns super easy. And now with tools like Pmax and you have, you know, a million different AI tools that can automate the experimentation process of ads. Now it's going to make it extremely accessible to a bunch of companies and businesses that never would have used paid media before. So what that's going to do is drive up the cost because if you have Joe Mechanic down the street and he spent 500 bucks and used Google's new AI automated super duper uh, ad platform, and he says, like, I put in 500 bucks, I got 1000 bucks back. And then, you know, Steve down the way, he's like, holy crap, I, this, you just have to fill out a form and people come to you. Now imagine that you have millions of businesses doing this. What's going to happen to the ad costs? It's just going to skyrocket. So what we're going to get back to is strategy and lifetime customer value because the actual acquisition cost is going to get so high that you might actually lose money on getting a new customer. That's going to be a hundred percent necessary because that's the only way to get them. Now what's going to happen is everybody's going to have to keep those customers. They have to make sure that the products are, you know, awesome, that the customer service is right there, that, you know, there's new products rolling out. The voice is good. The content's good. Like all of the aspects that made companies good and made marketing effective now are going to matter a lot more again. Now, how do you do all that? You start with frameworks and strategies. So at Digital Marketer, we have the customer avatar. And we start with that pretty much right off the bat because who gives a crap about your company? Who gives a crap about your product? Nobody until you show them that it's valuable and that you care about the person that's going to buy it. And so you start with the customer avatar. You nailed that person down. You name them. You come up with their demographics, which is what everybody defaults to. But that's like the beginning. You get their fears and frustrations. You get their goals and ambitions. You find out what the story looks like before they found your product and your brand and what it looks like after they found your product and your brand. And then you review this document. We call it the customer avatar canvas all the time because Everything needs to be consistent to speak to this one person that's your perfect person, your ideal customer. And if you don't have that, if you're not reviewing it, then you're making your marketing all about you. And I don't care about you. What are you doing for me? I don't know. Why should I give you my money? Now, today, like I said, it, it hasn't mattered because there's a million customers. You can just go out and get whoever. But you know, money's going to get tight. People are losing their jobs. Businesses are shutting down, like the economy is a little shaky. We don't know what's going to happen. So you need to take care of your customer. And it all starts with a cohesive approach, targeting a specific person, a specific niche, and then kicking butt on delivery and making sure that those people never leave because it's going to be too expensive to find new ones coming up. And so now we're going to start being marketers again. It's actually going to be great. And then AI just makes it you know, a really capable marketer could do a, something that 30 people maybe did before. One person, one capable person can do that. And so if you have these strategies and these frameworks down, you'll be that person. You'll be employed forever. You'll start a million companies. You'll be super successful. And it all starts with frameworks and strategy and marketing. You know, a couple of key things that I feel like sewn through here. One, we kind of started with it was, it comes back to the people side of it. The relationship, the identity, you know, understanding uh, not only who we are and how we speak, but our customer. Who are we speaking to? And kind of starting with them in mind. And, and if you can craft that kind of a brand voice, you know, obviously you're going to have a much greater return on it. Um, but I, I'm super intrigued. This The world of, if anybody listening is like, man, I've only dabbled with uh, AI. Are there a couple of tools or, or resources that you're like, 
anybody kind of trying to go deeper in this thing, this is where you'd point them in the direction of? You know what? I, I really use two primarily. I only use ChatGPT. And, and ChatGPT, you know, the reason why it's awesome is because it's so flexible and it's so simple and there's not a lot of direction. Now, you could go with something like a Jasper and Jasper is awesome too. And, and they have tools and templates and different things that you can manipulate to do it. I'm kind of a purist where I want to input my own stuff. I want to train it myself. I want something specific. And so I think it's the most flexible and really the most consistent. Now, it's not perfect and it breaks often, <laughs> I want to say, but it's still the best because it's universal. So I use that and I use MidJourney a ton. And MidJourney has a similar kind of prompting style to it. And you can generate tons of stuff and lots of new ideas and uh, again, it's really flexible and, and shocking sometimes with what it'll generate, just like ChatGPT. So I'd say if you, if you want to get into it, get good at ChatGPT. Instead of using Google or any search engine, really start putting into ChatGPT and just see what it spits out. Start talking to the system and then you'll start figuring out how it works and, and it'll be really good. And we have, you know, we have a bootcamp at Digital Marketer that we do, uh, kind of quarterly, uh, which you could check out if you follow us. And uh, then mid-journey, visualization is really hard. People don't really appreciate how hard it is. So if you're not a graphic designer or a photographer or a videographer, you're not even going to understand how to prompt. You don't know what contrast means. You don't know what exposure means. You don't know what cinematic styling means. Like, you, I don't even know if you should try, but you could try. <laughs> but go ahead and get in there. And the cool thing with mid-journey is the entire community uh, updates their prompts themselves. So if you actually go into MidJourney and look at the community feed, you just click on a picture you like and you could just take the prompt and then you could tweak it. And then now you're starting to become a prompt engineer or whatever. Uh, and you could, you know, start learning how it works. But these are kind of, you know, purist systems. And I, I kind of prefer it because it doesn't push you towards a certain style of AI generation. When it comes to learning any of the AI stuff, the cool thing is, these are, it's kind of like getting good at Googling. Like the tool is there, it's super powerful and some of it just comes through like doing it, but these are kind of, it, not even necessarily career tracks, these are like the skills that are probably going to serve folks um, for the, as we continue on into this this new frontier, especially when it comes to marketing. But Mark, thank you so much for hopping on. I, I want you to plug it only because for me, when you were saying it earlier, it kind of fell out. What's what's the name of your donut blog again? Oh, it's you don't know. So it's uh, Y-O-U-D-O-N-O. Dot com. I keep on talking about it. I need to update it. I actually formed it because uh, I have an autistic son that was waking up super early when we were on vacation. And so I'd have to leave the hotel. And so I started to go to donut shops because it was the only thing that was open. And I love donuts. So it all made sense. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, anybody who wants to find learn more, obviously there's Digital Marketer and youdono.com. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think if we're lucky, um, I'd love to have you back. Oh, definitely. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for tuning in for this week's Marketing with Matt. Check out ProfitMoreWorkLess.com to learn how we create high margin marketing. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the podcast, feel free to make a recommendation. I'm sure they'll thank you for it. Okay, bye for now. 